Welcome to Something Came From Baltimore. I'm your host, Tom Gacker. Something Came From Baltimore is a jazz, blues, and R&B podcast. And today, I just want to say, but mom, it's Najee. If anyone remembers that, that is from a Smokey Robinson commercial from the 70s and 80s. Najee is a superstar smooth jazz saxophonist who continues to push the boundaries like this new album on the Shanaki label. It's called Savoir Faire. It's a little Rio and a lot of great collaborations with a release date of May 13, 2022. Before we get into the interview, please subscribe and share the show with five friends who like music like you do. Let's just listen to a sample of a song called Bounce from the album Savoir Faire. Welcome to Something Came From Baltimore. Thank you. Uh, I just want to thank you up front for all the wonderful concerts I've seen of you in the past. You are a dynamic showman. Awesome concerts. Anyone who would see you live gets blown away. Through the years, I just want to say thank you because you just put on a really good show. Oh, well, I appreciate that. Thank you. You know, I really... I really try to make sure that people walk away with an experience so that hope, hopefully they want to come back, you know? <laughs> yeah. You saw the movie uh, Benjamin Button before, correct? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. So explain yourself. What can I say? I mean, I'm, I'm just a simple guy from New York City. Man. I grew up in New York, born and raised in, in Manhattan and Queens. When I was 11, we moved to Queens. The Jamaican- no, 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 no. I meant explain this young thing that you're doing. How can you be younger oh. and younger every... Yeah, Benjamin oh. Button. Uh, oh, you're, Benjamin! Oh, yeah, you're, right. you're you're going all the way back to your childhood to explain yourself. No, oh, okay. Well, I'm sorry about that. You know what? No. Um, I don't. I listen. Yes, you get younger as you get older, and uh, it's not. It's some kind of team behind you that has some kind of like reverse engineering going on. Oh, I, you're 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 too kind, my friend. Because I I I beg to differ. You know, you can tell little things here and there. You know, <laughs> what is there anything? I mean, because our we are in an aging group that, you know, that kind of listens to us. Is there anything that you do that you want to share that's kind of like a tip? Not, not really, man. I love eating, you know, I'm a meat eater. I have, I love beef, you know. <laughs> I, you know, you take me to Morton's any day, you want to impress me, you know. Nothing really, you know, I don't drink or smoke. Maybe that's it. You know, most of my friends, that's, you know, I gave up drinking in 19 and never went back, you know. So uh, there you have it. It really isn't that deep for me, you know. I live in uh, Florida, which is a sunshine state, and get a plenty of vitamin D that way. And Always drive with the sunroof open in my car, and that's pretty much it, man. You know. Okay. Uh, you worked with Prince 2000 to 2003. 
this is a, a pivotal time period in his history because he just started to get involved in Jehovah Witnesses. That's right. Uh, he he was looking at his career and say, okay, am I in the right spot? You know, did I give out the right message? And yeah. then he wanted to alter his performance to kind of represent the new new way of faith. You were right smack in that time period. Did you witness kind of his evolution? I, I think to some degree I did. And yes, we had several conversations about things, you know, and how he was feeling. And, you know, at that point in his career, he had stopped cussing in his shows. He would stay away from the more provocative type songs. And if he did do them, he would change the lyrics, you know. Um, and the Rainbow Children album that I recorded with him was really a reflection of that even though I did not know that at the time, you know, I thought he was doing like, uh, you know, like what Miles Davis did with Bitches Brew, that kind of vibe. And he was just looking for a different energy. But in hindsight, you know, I see that that was just his religious change and, you know, keeping the music alive. And then, you know, at that time, Larry Graham was part of the band. So I know that was his spiritual mentor. But, you know, he was a lot of fun to talk to on those issues. I tell you, he was. I learned a lot from him. children is totally underrated it's a fantastic album oh it, yeah uh, it, it's it's one of those albums that when you release the canon of all the great albums of his that one isn't on the list but it should be and yeah. i think it just never really got to a lot of people's ears one thing i liked about him was he would open up the floor to everybody you know and he would listen and he would uh share his particular beliefs on things and you know, but it was never in a way, you know, you feel like you're being worked on. You know what I mean? It was never like that. You know, it was just always just, hey, this is my position. I'm changing my life. And, and you know, what I really loved about him was his ability to speak his conscience in a way that people, you know, you had to listen because it wasn't, he wasn't saying anything that wasn't true, you know, in terms of just the social uh, spirit of the country at the time and you know, that kind of thing. So, or of the world, actually. So it somehow hasn't changed, you know, if things just <laughs> stay the same. <laughs> well hopefully hopefully it's changing i think you know the human no, no. experience we could go on forever on that one right <laughs> yeah you're in florida you're you, you're seeing crazy out there uh it, it, live in color <laughs> <laughs> well sometimes but you know what I, I i'll share something with you i live in a neighborhood in an area where uh trump supporters you know for the most part but i gotta say man some of these folks and not that i'm a trump supporter i'm not trying to say i am because i'm not but, you know, these folks here, man, uh, some of them, you would just want them in the foxhole with you. Because when I say that as neighbors and citizens, they're good people, you know, and I think sometimes it really takes the one-on-one -on -one connection and, and thought and talking with them to really see that uh, the concerns aren't that crazy. It's the, the, the noise. It's the noise around us that makes it, you know, that creates the anxiety and then forces you to say this side or that side. But if you meet, talk to people straight on which is what I do. Listen, my son, he went riding on a bike one night, late at night. It gets dark here. There's no lights, nothing, you know, and, and my wife is bugging out. <laughs> and they were like, what, what? Your son is missing? Wait, wait, let us get the trucks. They started getting the searchlights, dogs, the whole bit, <laughs> the guns, you know, they were like, we'll find them, you know, and they did. I mean, they're those kind of people, you know, that's like, so for me, I don't get caught up in all the noise, man. I want to talk to the people because that's where the truth lies, you know. 
yeah, it's funny because uh, there's some some guys that think that I'm very, very liberal. And yeah. then I said, hey, let's talk. And we'll go through issues or concepts or whatever. Sure. And they're shocked how in the middle I am, along with they are in the middle. We both agree. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, you so know, it, man, we, we, we share this time and space, as you know, and, and our concerns are the same. You know, I mean, what do we want? We want to be able to live our lives, you know, without all this debt that people have to in- incur to put their children through school and, you know, how it goes, you know. Yeah, yeah. We we want less of a struggle. That's all. Right. All, all across the board. Your new album is all about collaborations. And it's, uh, is there anyone that you would like to collaborate alive or dead right now? Man, you know, that's, a, I get that question often. And honestly, I've been blessed to live probably most of my musical dreams. I mean, I remember listening to Al Jarreau records when I was a teenager. I remember listening to Stanley Clark and Return to Forever with Chick Corea, Herbie Hancock during the uh, time of, you know, uh, Headhunters and, you know, and then Shaka Khan, man. I would have never thought that I'd be in her band, you know, when we listened to the Rufus records. If I had to choose anybody, perhaps that would, it would probably be someone I had that's not alive. And I would say, you know, I know this may sound a little weird, but I always loved Minnie Ripperton, you know. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I know it's kind of unusual. No, not not at all. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Will somebody wear me to the fair? Will a lady pin me in her hair? Will a child find me by a string? very 60s 70s kind of term it's not in our constant vocabulary now how did you come up with that and and how does that relate to the album well you know i started with uh savoir which means to know it was my friend alex bunyong who said you know what the word means and i said yeah he said you know it means to know i was like yeah but then as time went on we realized that that wasn't as common a, a term as you you say you know that people are familiar with so we said let's change it to savoir faire and uh I'm a guy that looks for titles, but honestly, you know, we did the, we ran this Facebook thing where we asked people to help us title the album. And one guy, he came up with that title. And I was very shocked because it was, it kind of set apart from everything we we're getting, you know, you know, people come up with like, oh, sexy nights and things like that, you know, and like, yeah, yeah, okay. But man, that one, and it had a, it had a real meaning behind it, you know, because when you, I don't know how far you went into, to investigate what it means, but at one point I read where it means to live. Uh, life according to the best of the cultural norms, you know, so that to me was very, you know, profound. The ability to act or speak appropriately in social situations. There you go. See, (laughs) yes, sir. All right. So let's get into the album. It's releasing on the 13th of of May. It's on the Shanaki 
entertainment recording label. The first single that you already have out already is uh, Dr. Doolittle. It's a featuring of help write, produce, and play piano. And it was on four different studios. So a lot of times you're asking, you know, especially in smooth jazz world, are you just sharing tracks? You're crisscrossing across the country on this album. You're meeting up a lot of different people going into different studios. This is completely different. Frank Wilkins? Yeah, he, he's a piano player uh, from Boston. And uh, when I was going to college there, he's, he's a little older than us. He wrote that song back in the early 80s, you know. And uh, we used to play it when he would hire me to play in his band. We used to play it. And I always kept a mental note to do it. And uh, I just decided to revise the song. And that took me recording here in Orlando with Rohan Reed and a few people. And then uh, I went up to Massachusetts to record him. And then uh, when it came to the horn section, Mike Parlett in Los Angeles, he had Lee Thornburg do the arrangement. I don't know if you know Lee. He used to play with Blood, Sweat, and Tears. So he did the horn arrangement on that. And then there was the mixing. Uh, Darren Ron put his little tip on there on the saxophone for me. And by the time it was said and done, it had been through three three different studios, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Four studios. You're at home. So. <laughs> Five, Big Dog Davis, like Chris Davis for Valentine yeah. Love just got released today, I saw. I spoke to him yesterday. He was very excited, you know, with people responding to his arrangement. So. Yeah. Valentine Love came out. It's a Michael Henderson song, Allison Williams. I was like, oh, I know that name. And I forgot that I had that album, Raw, 1989. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird when you sell your CDs and you're like, oh, yeah, I had that album. And right. it was great. <laughs> You download everything and you're like, okay, I don't need these CDs anymore. choice of Allison. Obviously, her past had to cross multiple times, you know, oh, yeah. through the years. Well, you know, she's, uh, to me, she's one of the, the and I, I probably said this in some of my uh, liner notes, but to me, she's one of the most underutilized singers in the industry. I mean, we got some great, great vocalists out there, but she's one of them that 
you know, for whatever reason, she hasn't cracked through the, you know, the noise, if you will. <laughs> so, and she's worked with me a few times live and I, I, we've always, you know, said we got to do something together. And this to me seemed to be the perfect time, you know. you know really gave you time to think about well what's going on you know uh, who's out there that needs to be heard or you know um, you can do songs and be home to listen to them you know instead of being on the road moving around you know? yeah pushing so. through everything i actually saw that your tour schedule was light this summer well some things we haven't posted i'm going to uh europe uh this week to join dave cause on his boat and then uh i have uh Three weeks in Brazil, we're doing a thing called Naji in Brazil because two of the songs were recorded there, mm-hmm. um, with the exception of myself. I didn't go there to do that, but uh, we're aligning ourselves with some of the great artists down there to do something really big in alignment with the Blue Note in uh, Rio and Sao Paulo. So, yeah. Well, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, so I got to get on my team to start posting the dates we do have because we yeah. do. also everything um, everything is coming back now you know it's just slow but uh, we also have to just choose things that make sense you know because of the nature of our business is expensive and you know it's just got to make sense financially you know so I had a great experience with Frank McComb normally I'm interviewing people when they have a new release out but I love his voice I love what he does for people who haven't listened to him he's a like a hybrid of Donnie Hathaway or Stevie Wonder, and but he's him, which is it's even better. So yeah. you, we sat down and we we talked at least for an hour and a half around Christmas time because he was just in the neighborhood. You know, he was in uh, Blues Alley, and I was okay. like, oh, you know, normally I just interview people so we can promote the album, but you're in town. Let's talk. Or I'd love to talk to you. And boy, do we talk. Or hold it, I listen. He talked, but he's fun. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is that uh, he is one of those people who never have a bad day. He's one of those people I can tell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It must be real. Your past crossed, had to crisscross multiple times through the years. Yeah, we, we actually met in, uh, I want to say it was probably 2004. We were in Mexico for this this event that had a lot of Hollywood stars, including uh, Tommy, what's the, the drummer from the group uh, with Pamela Anderson? What's his name? Tommy Lee? Tommy Lee, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was a big event and he was outside. They were having an, uh, the record company was signed to Hidden Beach was doing a concert and I heard this guy playing piano and I was like, man, that sounded like George Duke. Sounded like Herbie Hancock or somebody playing. I had to go see who it was. I get out there and this Frank McComb, you know, and then later on I saw he sang and we connected and we've been friends ever since. It's weird. You left Prince. He came on like you left in 2000. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, he came on in 2004. Yeah. Now, with with him, uh, yeah, I never even said what we're going to play is a track called Modern Lovers, which yeah. is a uh, Brenda Russell and 
Terry Lynn Carrington yeah. recording. And that had a recording in Brazil and Atlanta at the same time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're going to the fourth one. This is my favorite one on the album. It's called Hurricane. Yeah. Yeah. It was composed by uh, Barry Eastman. But you have a guitar solo from Adam Holly. Well, you know, Barry Eastman, as you know, is one of the most prolific producers and songwriters in the industry. He's worked with so many people from Anita Baker to Al Jarreau to Freddie Jackson, You Are My Lady. I mean, and the list just goes on and on and on and on and on. Tom Jones. And so we've been friends for many, many years, you know, and uh, back in the days in New York, before I had a solo career, you know, I was doing a lot of session work. I would get called to do solos on other people's work. And he was one of the people that would call me from time to time. So when we are always talking about music, he's always sending me stuff. And, you know, that was one of the three things we did together on this record. So we're at that point. I want to thank you very much for joining me today on Something Came from Baltimore, the yes. album. Thank the you. Album. Oh, you're welcome. Hey, this is a, a total treat for me. The album comes out on the 13th of May. Definitely going to have to tell people to go online to check you out because you're on tour. Yes, and, I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right, that was easy, quick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, time, Thomas. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. Great album. And as always... I hope you enjoyed the interview today with the one and only Najee. The album is called Savoir Faire, and it's out now in the stores. One more time, please subscribe to the podcast and show. We're found everywhere. We want you all to be a part of that Be More Music scene, and we love your support. The show is over, and have a great day. <laughs>